Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss it is for us to be here. We always have three little requests. Number one, that it should be family-appropriate. That means children above the age of eight listen to our program, so we would like it to be family-appropriate. Number two, what we request is to recognize that Baruch Hashem, we've got a lot of questions, but this is an awareness-based program. It means we can't help exactly tell you what to do, but we could create an awareness. So therefore, how-to questions like parenting questions under the age of eight, or sometimes when we get about personality disorders, what do I do to this and that person? We can create an awareness. We can create an awareness of what the therapy process will look like, or different steps that you will learn to do, but not always can people do that. And our third little request is to be aware that once you ask your question, since it's a live program, we will not be able to remove it after. So please, as adults, let's just realize that we're asking our question, and it will be on. So just think before you ask the question, Baruch Hashem, we've got a lot of callers, and appreciate everyone that is brave to call and willing to share their awareness. It is Baruch Hashem making a tremendous change in Klal Yisrael. Me and Rav Nissen are honored and humbled by this ability. To, but to be able to do this. So the number to call up, they would love to get your questions and comments, is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Okay, and we are going to go to Mrs. G. You're on the air with Mordechai and Avnissen. Hello. Yes, Hello. Hi, good mo- uh, Good evening for you, I guess. <laughs> for me, it's yes, good morning. Where, I'm calling from Earth. Where, where are you calling from, if I may ask? I'm calling from Earth as well. It's actually almost morning here. So, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Mean, what a schuss. Yeah, it's a schuss to talk to you. Um, and before I pose my question, I just have to tell you how much I'm enjoying your line. I heard about this line several months ago. And it's been keeping me company many evenings when I've been up nursing my baby. Um, and there's so much to gain and to hear from all the diverse questions. And in particular, what I enjoy is the fact that you are a film psychologist. There's so many psychological books out there, and there's so much to hear. But when you hear it from somebody who is from uh, from you, it's just it's just a whole different ball game. It's someone who wow, gets you because you. he comes from the same place someone who mentioned Hashem, who mentioned Rabbonin, who mentioned prior values. So it just, it's just completely different, and I really appreciate it. Also, I find that you explain your answers so clearly, you're so articulate, you're so respectful and not condescending. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you to Rav Nissim, who's hosting this show, and I love listening to his input, too. He sounds like a very intelligent man as well. So thank you both, and you should be welcome just to continue doing for Kalishon. You're just doing a tremendous chesed. I really appreciate it. Amen. Wow, what's an o- that an honor. And by the way, do you know that we have the local access number in Ertzestrol to be able to hear the 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 phone lines? So you have a local of number? Of course, of course. I have a local number. That's it. It's great. I have a local number. I really appreciate great. So that. I, guess I have a local number. So everyone's going to listen to it from Ertzestrol. That's 972, because that's Ertzestrol area code, 72. Three nine eight zero zero one one. That's nine seven two seven two three nine eight zero zero one one. Excellent. Thank you. What is the honor of your getting your call, being up so late, staying up all the way from Eretz Yisrael? <laughs> I 
Okay. Um, I'd like to answer your question about my son. I have a 14-year-old Bacha, who's Bacha Shem, a delightful child. Um, very smart. He's doing very well in yeshiva. He's a good boy. He's Ella. He's got a good heart. He's got a sense of humor. He's a great kid. He does have something which I find is like keeping him back a little bit, which is help, um, stopping him from filling, fulfilling his potential as much as he could. And that is that he's extra sensitive. He's, he's much more sensitive than I think is age appropriate, um, especially that he's a boy. I mean, maybe it's not fair to expect boys to be more uh, tough, but I guess it is, it is more, this is how it is usually. And he's always been like that. He's been a soft child, and he was always a softie. He was always a mummy boy. He was my youngest for several years until Hashem Hashem blessed me with more children. So he was—he kind of remained my little baby all these years, even though he's going on now. He's 14, going on 15, and he—I'm not—I don't doesn't bother me personally. It bothers me because he's bothered by it. So he suffers from it both in yeshiva and at home. So like this normal yeshiva bantering and stuff that Bochum will say one to the other, he gets hurt. He takes it personally. And there was a point when I was wondering if he'd been bullied. I, like, I discussed it with my older son, who's 18, and he told me, Mom, yeshiva Bochum are just mean. They're cruel. They, they don't mean anything, but this is how they speak. You should come in yeshiva. You should hear how Bochum speaks to each other. He's just got to, got to learn how to be, how to deal with life. He's, he's not too baby. It's like, um, too soft. So, and then I see it at home as well. Like, one of my, my kids can tell him any little thing like, oh, why did you do that? Or why did you put this down here? And he'll say, why are you shouting? And she gets so frustrated. And she's like, I didn't shout. I'm just telling you. So he tends to take things too much to heart. He gets too sensitive. He, anything which anyone says, which might imply a slight, a slight criticism, and he's like almost crying. I have tears in his eyes already. So my question is, um, like, before I get to my question, I just find it, this, this leads to other things also. Like, he, I guess he has a little bit, not enough self-esteem. He's a little vulnerable. He finds it hard to admit when he makes a mistake because um, that's just, if he's running late, for example, everyone is going to be at fault beside him. This person can wake him up. Or he, he ran for the bus, and the bus came a minute too early. Or he just noticed that his daughter, he doesn't have enough money, and he had to come back. So, like, the whole world is always at fault. He finds it hard to say, I made a mistake. I mean, maybe this is all tied together. Like, he, he's sensitive, he's soft, he gets quickly hurt. So, basically, I have two questions about this. The first question is about me. How should I be treating him? Am I supposed to be treating him like I like talk to him and speak to just like I treat all my other kids? Or do I have to take into consideration that Hashem did give him more of a soft nature, and I should be more careful that it shouldn't like make a joke which he might get hurt from? Um, am I supposed to be protecting him? Because part of me wants to protect him. I say to myself, this is how he's born. What do I want? This is his nature. On the other hand, I'm thinking, so it's not real life. I mean, he goes out, and people, no one is treating him with special consideration out there. So... Am I doing him a favor by protecting him? Or maybe I should be giving him at least this corner at home where he feels secure. So this is the question about me. How should I be treating him? And to point out that really, even if I treat him especially nice, I can't get my kids to be, because kids are kids, and they're just going to say what they want to say. So, And the second question is, how well, am I supposed to be doing something for him? Should I be taking him for, for therapy? Is he supposed to... Uh, 
you know, to learn to get over it, to change, can one change? Or is this just his basic inherent nature, that this is how he's created? And everyone has their, their hang-ups, no one is perfect, and he's just going to have to somehow, you know, get through life and get tougher through life. So I'd, I'd be very grateful if you could help me clarify those two points. Revnissa, what do you say first, and I'll go. Uh, you see that uh, you see the text. So we have quite a yeah. few uh, things. I really out of this. Uh, okay, you were you were you were doing a lot of technical stuff. Thank yes. you. Okay, so let's first take plug a little the book that just came out, really, and it's called Mastering Relationships. What the Rabbeinu Shleilam has given me is Siyata Deshraya, and that is to be able to write a book on the four natures of Eish, Maim, Ruach, and Afar. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that there are different children are born with different natures, and even a combination of those natures. So Afar is hard, strong, solid, and um, that's Afar. Right. That's one. Then, which is a lot of times the yeshiva bacher system. It's rough. It's tough. They're not talking feelings, emotions. They're not talking how much they love you. Mm-hmm. It's very much like that. Girls, girls' friends are, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'll help you. That's one. Then you've mm-hmm. got sort of the fire, which is, again, a lot of bacharim. Loud, coming, going, where are you going, what are you doing? They're doing something, there's a ruckus where they're going. Again, yeshiva bacharim have a lot of that. They're learning loud in yeshiva. They could sometimes sharp to someone. Again, it's a fire energy. Girls have a lot of fire, but they can also be gentle. Then you've got the mayim ruach. The water, which is very flexible, will end and go to what the matzav is happening all around. That's the that's mayim. And then you have ruach, the dreamer. Mm-hmm. There, many systems are based on the offer and the ruach and the fire. It means you're in sales, you're working. It's that you're a manager. You're leading something. You need the offer. You need the fire. And the right. other two natures of Mayim and Ruach are many times frowned upon. You're so soft. You're too gentle. Oh, toughen up, man up. And these two energies, which are from the strongest of leadership, and we'll explain why in a moment, almost feel like they get in pain going through the school systems, both the boys and the girls. Why is that? Because Mayim, when you have a house, that is the talent of a father, of a husband, that's able to say, you know something, I'm willing to be mavater what I need to give it to my wife and to the kids. Or for the betterment of the home, I will be able to either work more time or less time to make sure the house gets what it needs. The mother that's a carousel is able to be flexible and able to stay up at night when the kid, as you said, you're up with taking care of the baby. That's a kayak, and you're happy doing that. You've got the mothers, which are wonderful mothers when they're more off or grounded, but they get upset. Kids got to go to bed at a time. They're less likely to give those warm emotions. They might say, I love my kids, but I'm not expressive. And those kids might feel it. So the Mayim and the Ruach are the two kaychas that are most appreciated when they leave the school system, yeshiva system, that it's 30 boys, 50 boys, 60 boys, and it's sort of the strongest one, survival of the fittest. 
We know that once you leave, for example, that competition, that setting, where it's, everyone is marked for how much information you know, again, we're not attacking the system because that is the system. You need to learn Gemara. You've got to be tested on what you're learning. Girls are learning math, whatever other subjects they're doing, whichever subjects it is, they're getting you know, they're getting, they're going to get their marks accordingly, because that's the message that we're doing. At the same time, there used to be a lot more focus on midos and how much are you helping, and get the focus on that as well, which is a little less. So now let's go ahead and take it to your son. Let's say your son is a gentle koyach. That's the that's nature Hashem gave him. He's more mm-hmm. emotional, more caring. And your family could be more fire, could be the ace, could be the other. Unfortunately, your son's energy will not be valued until after they leave such a system. And it's more individual. So he will do better if he starts his own company. He's going to learn more on his own or subjects that he likes and be able to learn it at his speed. And all of a sudden, people start seeing, wow, this guy is talented. I can share with you, I'm saying we lived, I originally started the program in Brooklyn, I lived in Brooklyn, and then I moved to Lakewood, and while we were building our house, I lived in the development. It's a wonderful development, there must be like a hundred and something families there, and I already was probably already working with Reb and there were other stuff going, and Boxer were very successful, but there were four people, in, or five people in social work school at the time. And what people were telling me is, oh, you're a social worker? This guy's going to social work, and that guy's going to social work. He's so good. He's going to do so well. And I started finding myself getting caught up into that rat race. Oh, who knows if there'll be Panossa later on. So many people, they're all flooding the market. And this one's going, that one's going. And I realized, no, no, no. What's happening now is I'm in a development with a lot of people, and everyone is talking about everyone. And when you've got 100 people and five people are going into the field, all of a sudden, I started questioning myself, and I realized, no, I do best when I don't look at anyone else. Where am I going? I beat, I dance to my own tune. I beat my own drums. Mm-hmm. Let everyone be social workers. Let everyone do whatever they want. I don't even want to hear what they're doing. The minute I blank that out, I was able to again stay on my path. Some people do much better in competition, where I'm going to do the same thing as them, and if they put 10 hours, I'll put 15 hours. They put 15, I'll do 20. And they're not original, and they're not creative. They're just going to outwork the other person. That's more the upper energy. That's more the fire energy. Water is creative. It's flexible. Water around hot will turn boiling hot. In cold, the freezer, it will turn, it will turn freezing cold. It can go into any mold, any shape, and it will balance itself out. Water will go over, will go under, it will do anything to get to its goal. But it doesn't have that roar of the earth earthquake or the fire that's burning the energy. So what I would like to hear, for everyone listening, please, value that water child just because in yeshiva they might not be the loudest ones, but every single company that succeeds has that, usually the second boss, like the one under the, the CEO. It could be the CFO, could be the COO, which is either the chief financial officer or the chief operating officer. These are the ones that will do anything. They're the boss that they're able to say, now the floor has to be clean. I don't mind being the janitor because the janitors are, or whoever's cleaning the areas are all busy doing other areas. These people go extremely far in the future. But in yeshiva, 
where sometimes you have to be rougher. You have four or five guys that are loud and rough, and people look up to them, and they assume they're successful. Many times, if you look further in life, it's not that way. It's the ones that are able to get along with everyone, the ones that are a little gentler. They'll do it a little bit slower, but they will have it done on a much better job, and they get much further. So I just want to, first of all, bust this balloon, this fake balloon of hot air, that if someone's loud or someone is assertive and tough and mean, many times in the school systems you think these people are successful. In the long run, they are far from it. Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? Uh, you know, this is the, you know, just you, you put it all together because it's Bemet. It's like, first of all, and unfortunately, many times we found it's that uh, in not only yeshiva school, uh, in yeshiva places, any places that you, especially with teenagers, that, uh, you know, the people don't understand the teenagers and don't get them how to, you know, to take from them the creativity and the individuality of each kid. And it's something that uh, really, and I saw so many kids that was so called the top of the class. And after they finished the school, basically there was really the coming to the janitor, they come like the lowest of them. And the people that was the bottom of the class, you know, the people, nobody put attention to them, they become the, the, the top of the, of the world, you know. This is something that it's uh, we we see it and you you categorize as a, as a wind, uh, water, earth, fire, you know. But I I think that the most important to try to find the the, the way of each kid and let them go grow up. And as we see we see our shows, let's grow together. And as a parent, you have to find the, the right notch of you each kid of you know if each and I, if, for example if you have twins. For example, you find each twin, what way is going, you know, and you have triplex the same. It's it's not just like one mold for for all the the kids, as as you as you know from your experience, and I from my experience the same exactly, you know, for was my kids and other people that we involved with. That's right. So right. does that make sense I, I to you? So you're something to be more sensitive, and it might not be that comfortable, but yeah. Uh, for, yeah, it, it, the way you describe it, it's, it's fantastic because you really got him, and it's true, and this is what he's like. And the interesting thing is that my parents, for example, <laughs> and my husband's parents are both crazy about him. It's very interesting. Out of all the grandchildren, they're like, do you realize what a star he is and what a wonderful boy he is? Because he is, this is what he's like. He's, he's so good, and he's, he's so smart, and because they're not on the level of, like, like his bookerish age, so they can appreciate his qualities. But um, I'm fine with it. But the question is, <laughs> he's in yeshiva all day. So, like, Hanukkah and Alpidaka is fine. I mean, I, I'm not telling him to toughen up. But what, is he, what should he do? How, should I, how can I get him not to be so upset and not to come home and feel like yeshiva is not the best place to be because... This boy said this to him, and that one laughed at him. Excellent. So we went from question one. Fantastic. So question one first is, is it normal? Is it okay? Is he healthy? What should, before we get into what you should do, we establish he's healthy and he's normal, correct? Okay, fine. Yeah. Excellent. And we've established even more, and you've given a great riot to that, is that the grandparents, anyone 
that meets him or meets the water natures usually love them, and they can see the talent and the power to them. And it's important mm-hmm. for your son to hear. Now let's go what you do. What you do is as follows. Again, I, I don't like promote my book, but part of what we do, that's the whole point of the book, so you can get it more in detail. They even sell it in Eretz Yisrael. But again, I'm going to give you the short version, but there, each nature, for example, the Mayim, we explain the weaknesses of the water, of the water element, and you've discussed every one of them. And the next part of the book, we discuss, I'm saying in the water element, in each element, we, we discuss its strengths, we discuss its weaknesses, we discuss what it looks like as a teenage bo- as a boy, as a girl, as a teenage boy, as a teenage girl, and as a husband and as a wife. Now, the steps that we want to get, and then we discuss the weakness and the strength, and then how you can work out, how you can work through your weakness. So part of what you will be practicing with your son is how to learn to be more like the rock, how to utilize the other elements, how to sometimes be a fire, how if someone says something, you practice, how to challenge the person. So, for an example, David Amelech, if we think he had such an easy time, the Gemara says that people would be teasing him the entire time. Could you come into Kalyasrol from where you are? Or, 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 or quote-unquote, they want to hit on some of his weak points. So there, he was giving the shear. He was, he, was he was the king, and he was the Rosh Hashiva. So they purposely asked him these innocent questions, which would exactly mean him. Like, if your mother is a gear, can you do this? They specifically had questions to hit him. And he was able to reply. So David HaMelech said, maybe this is, maybe can't become a Yid. Let's see, possibly. He says, That's definite. Now, it's David HaMelech had to learn how to have thick skin. That if you're going to be a king, people are going to try to get you, and they'll get you in ways that politically it's okay. Or why are you thinking I mean you? I just asked you a shaila. And that's part what water needs to learn to go through, A, the yeshiva system or the school system, but B, to go through life. Because in life, there's always going to be an offer, a rock, that tough one, that manager, or someone that might want to knock you down. And you've got to learn how to overcome it and how to get around it. But at times, you've got to learn to be freezing cold like ice and stand up to that. So these are the lessons that you can have him speak, but then you practice, and I discuss it more in the book, how to develop it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so understand he's yeah, a healthy, I'll, I'll great kid. And have a, and have a lead. But you can't you yeah. say that you can work with it. I mean, you of course. His uh-huh. Not only you can, can this is healthy. He's exactly where he's supposed to be. That's the goal of the teenage years. The teenage years is where you learn the different, the, the different elements now to become, you're getting ready to go through the teenage years and then be an adult. This is exactly right. what's supposed to happen. He's supposed to have mm-hmm. difficult times. And remember, if someone's off far, they have their hard time as well when they have to deal with Rebbeim, authority figures, or teachers. The teenage years is when the person has got to learn how, how to use their nature for the positive and also how to get along with other natures. So mm-hmm. th- the mm-hmm. water has a harder time in school, but not that Afar doesn't or that Aish doesn't. Sure they do. Aish has got to start coming consistently to learning, even when it's a Gemara or something they don't like. They have a hard time with it. Fire loves only when it's exciting and passionate, when it's controversial. Right. Yeah, right. and he's this type, this type of child. You said like you know, 
the author can have a problem with authority, and he's always the opposite. He never had a problem. He was always the best boy. And that's even now, right, when I ask the mashkiach, like, does he notice anything in yeshiva with other boys? How is he? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's the best boy in yeshiva. He's doing so well. So, like, why is he so miserable? <laughs> that's um, right. And the answer is because he's got to develop now a bit of a thicker skin. Right. That's it. Right. So that's, yeah, so I want to know how to help him develop a thicker thing. So you're telling me I should read your book. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just I'll, the easiest version. I'm saying you can do practice with him. You can role play with him. The, mm-hmm. They're going to tell you this. How are we going to practice? I'll be this. I'll be the kid. You be you. Or the other way. First he'll be that kid, and then you'll be him, and you do role play. Right. He has a problem to answer back and stick up for himself. He's up a wind, but he... He takes it too much but to heart. But he still takes like, it personal. That's right, and that's baby. what you practice uh, it's like my, yeah, if my baby wants to prefer to go to another kid to be held and not to him, he's getting personally upset. And I tell him, oh, it doesn't mean anything. You know, like once he comes to you and once he comes to him, he's only a kid. He's in yeah. funny mood. No, he doesn't like me. No. So, so what am I supposed to tell him? Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. You see, he didn't want to come to me. Like, I feel like... That's right, and that's what you're going to practice with him. So you'll practice. This is where practice comes in, teaching him. This is the stages that parents have with their children going through the teenage years. You hit it on the nail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just one final question, which you made, you made me curious. Like, once you know that your child is a certain nature, I'm just thinking, like, along the lines, and that's Hashem, when he'll be older and he'll go into Shadikham, are you supposed to? Think about that and say, like, one minute, he's a water nature, so maybe he should not be marrying someone who's this nature or that nature because it's going to bring out the worst in him? Or is that rubbish? I'll tell you, I find the Rabbi Shleilam does it anyhow, whatever he would like. So <laughs> what I would tell you is just like regular Shaduchim, you're going to be looking... What is he, if he'll be more gentler, well, I, well, then you'll think about, do you want a tough girl that's going to be leading and doing everything? You'll go, no, no, he needs more gentler one. No, when you look at each of your children's shaduchim, you do what they need. You don't have to think of it in nature. It's just think of what do they need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Thank you yeah. so much. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you telling me that, you know, he hasn't got this major problem. He's normal. <laughs> I think I think take take I think that you have to take it a little bit easy, you know, just upon yourself. Don't I don't, again it's my I my impression from right now from this conversation, it's a long time and we have a lot of callers, but it seems like you take it too seriously about your son. Mm-hmm. Let it grow up. Let it grow up. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Sure. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Excellent. You're welcome, certainly. Thank you. We'll go Good. to, um, uh, you know, we just, we, first of all, thanks to the people with the patience that's staying online, even over there. So we're going to Mr. R right now. He's a very yes, patient Mr. person. Yes, Mr. R. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Mordechai, how are you? Baruch Hashem, Fantastic. Okay, great. So I had a point, one point and one question, but beforehand, you, I spoke to you two weeks ago, and you, I got the book, and you asked me, um, you actually mentioned that it was water, and you had it right on the mark, I had water, and you, I, just, I was just listening in um, uh, in your previous conversation, so, um, but I definitely am water, and uh, it was actually interesting to, to read. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
good. I thank you for the comments. Yeah, and, yes. Um, can wow. I, so I, I had um, I had one point. Um, I just wanted to mention you've been speaking a little bit about um, people have called I spoke on recent um, calls on um, the idea of genetics. Uh, you know how people are genetically susceptible to different sure. things. You spoke about how you were genetically you're genetically susceptible to 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 unfortunately to um, heart condition. Heart, heart condition, right? So um, I'm not going to mention the name of the book because I don't know if you appreciate that on on the line, but there is, it seems to be a science called the science of epigenetics, where basically a person yeah. can change genes based I, on... I know of it. Right, right. And I was actually looking at this book, very interesting book, um, about... I would actually love to get your feedback. Maybe if I could buy it for you and, and uh, you know, send mail it to you and then, you know... I, I'll get, tell you get, what, Remnison, what is the... Te- let me give you the text number. Text Remnison, or I could give you a different number that people can text me sometimes on that. I'll give you the text number. Text me the name of the book, just so you're the caller, and I would be very interested in reading it because I am... It happens to be from the latest sciences coming up now with epigenetics. I, I've heard about it a lot. I haven't. I don't know much about it, but I, I've definitely been hearing bu- a lot of buzz about it. So I'll be curious uh, to read something. Three, four, seven. Well, Especially a book that people like. One that I, I just want to point out before I go to my question is that he he mentioned in first February that the brain is so complicated that it's amazing more people don't have more 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 people don't have issues because it. Because of the slice, I wonder how complicated the brain is. With, with you know, let me, right let me just look up the Gemara. Over Yom Kippur, I was learning a little bit the Ramchal, Derech Hashem, and there he quoted, I'm just looking, Mesechtis Idias, it's a Mishnayis. It was Perik Beis, and it was Mishnah Tess that he quoted, that was brought down as the Makar, and I was looking it up, I was blown away that says five steps that basically you yarshin from your parents, and it's like mama's genetics, talking about how long you'll live, how much strength you'll have. It goes into several different points that we yarshin. I found it very interesting. I'm looking it up the Mishnahis now as we speak. So, yes, genetics is way back when, and the Mishnahis brings it down. Just want to make wow. sure I'm in the right place. Uh, yeah. Do we have time for a quick question? Yes, we do. Here we go. Okay. Um, the five things that the Mishnah says it is in the city is Perig Beis, Mishnah Test, and goes, which is going on Rebbe Akiva. Five things that a father is gives over to the child. Benoi, how he'll look. Koyach, the strength. Oishir, if you're wealth, he can give it over. Chachma, and wisdom. And the Bartanur here explains, pretty sure I saw in the Bartanur, because in Yachach, Madamir, and Hacha, the father is teaching the son how to think. So wisdom can be taught, Bishanim, how long you'll live. Like, if the father lives X amount, and it's very likely genetics can be that long. Today, of course, we have modern medicine, which we can change a lot of that, but still, that, that's a part of it. But Mitzvah HaDairus, and about that sometimes that the kids, so there will be a couple of generations, as that sometimes if a father does a good deed, Hashem will give this continuation down to the children. But again, a lot of that, the noy, how they look, how long we live, strength, a lot of this, I think, is genetics. Right, wow. 
Excellent. Good. Go ahead. What's your question? So again, well, genetics well, don't you play a role. That. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the Tosis Yontiv explains the chain roiv hadvarim hativim heim al haroiv. So he's explaining it's not everyone that's going to have it. The father, the length of the of the years. So we're talking about roiv. Most people. Right. Well. Again, wow, so again genetics, wow. we've got the concept way back by us in the Mishnayas. And it was just interesting to see wow. it on Yom Kippur. So when we're wow. dying for tshuva, we think what we do affects. So it was just, I just saw that, and I thought it was a nice, something that was entered into my tefillahs a little. Wow, very interesting. Go ahead. What is your question, my friend? Uh, oh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. So, um, so, so I, had, um, I, I just wanted to ask a question like this. Um, my father, um, well, he's not alive anymore. Um, but when he, when uh, when he when he was a bacher, he had a, a friend growing up um, in yeshiva who was about tshuva, and um, the the um, basically obviously this person had a lot of challenges. Uh, my father would I remember as a little as a little child, this person would call up and speak to my father, and uh, my father would try to help him. He never got married, and um, my father asked me before he was nifter. Um, it, it was like two years before, if I could take on this project to call him every other Shabbos, wish him a, to wish him a good Shabbos, a good Yontif. And listening to your program recently, I'm, I'm realizing that he probably has one of the personalities, a personality disorder or some sort of disorder. Um, and um, he, he's like very, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of he goes, he's an older person, you know, an older individual. And one of the challenges he has is that people don't, if the phone community doesn't invite him for Shabbos. There was a tzaddik in, in where he lived, in the area where he lived, that, was, that always uh, invited him for Shabbos. Unfortunately, this person just, you know, was nifter, basically had a massive heart attack and was nifter very suddenly. So now he doesn't have any place to go for Shabbos. So he's asking me, you know, to ask relatives and to ask people to have him. And I'm, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable because, I, you know, I, I, I see, his, you know, he talks to him on the phone and I see... He shares private information, you know, and he talks negative about people. He tries to be positive. He became a lot more positive over the years. But um, I'm not so comfortable asking people uh, in the area, you know, quote, you know, trying to find him a, a meal. But at the same time, it hurts me to know that um, a year, I guess I feel bad that there's a year that doesn't have a Shabbos and Yantis meal. So, you know, what, what do you say to that? I think you are a wonderful Yiddish neshama. That's amazing, and it's a pleasure, and it's a source to hear. And let's recognize that it's a great thing to help and to even help him get a meal, but you're not emotionally getting caught up into it. So imagine you just get him a meal, and people, when they know someone, they speak to him after 5 or 10 or 20 minutes, he might behave the first meal well, but then the second meal, whatever issue he has, will start coming up. People might set their limits. It means you could come once a month, and people do for a mitzvah and invite him. Or you could right. even tell the person. Sometimes you can have a bit of a pained personality, but it's a great mitzvah, and you can do whatever. So you can help him get a meal. Right. And not feel that responsible, like you're now setting him up on someone, because inviting someone is a great mitzvah, a great schar, and we can all handle, again, depending on the family. Some could handle, some can't. If they could, they'll say yes. If they can't, they'll say no. Some will say they've got girls, teenage girls. They don't want to have a man, even if he's a bit older, but still to have him at a meal when they're singles. I'm saying every family will have their issues. 
but there are families that will say no problem, and we can handle that. Right, I hear. Um, it, it, I guess it's it, it, you know, I guess you know it's just that basically, um, you know, to to comment to family and ask let's say family to do it. I just kind of feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm burdening people with with somebody with issues. You know, basically. So again, it's possible you can tell them a little, and they could learn on their own. They can see it on their own. All you're saying is, I know this person is a friend of my father, an older person. And he just needs a meal. Do you want to invite him? And if you want right. to even be a little bit more assertive, you could give him the number of four or five people. Right. My, my, my challenge is also that he shares information, like he'll tell me like things about the meal that, like, you know, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not his rub, so I don't always tell him, you know, to stop talking about Shinhara, but he'll share information that other people, that so he'll let them go to a meal. And her stomach will be bothering after after afterwards. He'll say, "Oh, the food I, I got, I got um, what do you call it? poison, um, food poisoning from that, you know, from that house, you know." So like, yeah. he's generally positive, but I, I don't, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable because he's gonna share private information. Oh, that house, the husband needs the hotel. He'll say that the the husband needs therapy, you know, or yeah. something. You know, he'll, he'll share information about the people, which I think is pretty obnoxious of him. But, um, you know, he's gone for years and years of therapy, you know, so, it, and, and, you know, he's gone over maybe 20 years of therapy, and he, he, maybe he, he got places, definitely, but unfortunately, he still has major issues. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm agreeing with everything you just said. Right here. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to hear your, what your perspective was on that. Yeah, my perspective is that he, he's got a difficult personality, that he doesn't know the communication skills, doesn't know the interpersonal skills, what you do say, what you don't say, and that's very much the DBT therapy. That's the skills that they learn. In the, mm-hmm. in the DBT, they actually teach you how do you speak to people, what was the sentence that you said, what they start teaching them how to think. Just because you're feeling something doesn't mean you need to say it to everyone. There's a person who to say it to certain things you'll tell your doctor, certain things you'll tell a therapist, but you don't tell it to everyone. And these are skills that you need to be taught. And they don't realize why they're in so much pain, why people don't want to be around them. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. They don't pick up on that, that, that the fact that, that, you know, they're kind of the cause why people don't want to invite them for shops. There are Sadiqim that do have them. I'm not saying nobody has them. He mentioned to me people that do have them, but... Many people, but they are but, you know. And again, Hassan, I don't want to talk negative about Sadiqim, but I just want to create the awareness that sometimes I work with the family members of what we call Sadiqim, and I don't like when we go into Rachni's words, but let's say sometimes I deal with family members where, they, where the person, where the father would take in or the mother would take in such a person, and it's on the expense of the kids where the kids say they are sometimes disgusted to come to the table, they don't want to come to the table, this person attacks them, this person sometimes inappropriate will discuss things, and the parent is a little weak to set the boundary. And I don't know that, they, that those people need to ask their rabbonim if they should be having them. Maybe after a meal, give this guy food and sit with him for two hours on your cheshben, but not on your son or your daughter's time when they need a little family time. Sometimes the fathers and the mothers are busy all week. This is the time they're together, and now they're bringing someone else in. Uh, Mordechai, I just want to be, yes. this is a very big issue. It's, it is awareness. So many times, many times we're just trying to be nice and bringing some personality, 
people to the to the, um, to the table, Shabbat table, or anyway, you know. And then especially when you have a, a young kids, and uh, this is a big awareness. I know few issue, few few cases, you know, yes. of people that took advantage about the kindness of the uh, the, the the host. And the kindness of the people, and really took advantage of the, you know, uh, and I don't want to talk about, uh, you know, small that's right, issue, other stuff. Right. Uh, that but stuff because it's really right. very dangerous. Who you're bringing into your house? Exactly, very dangerous. With all the respect, with all this uh, 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 hospitality, and I know people that open the house fully for them. You know, we are we are not big tzaddikim, but I I know personally there's so many many so-called tzaddikim that brought to the houses, and in the end it was a backfire on their family and on their kids, on their spouse. And I I we we have a case we 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 have a case of uh, a, a recently case of a family that are not so uh, uh, well to do, and they they take advantage of the host and. The lady, uh, the, the the lady, uh, don't understand what's wrong with this, you know, and it's it's a, it creates a good problem with Shlombite, it creates problem with uh, uh, you know, uh, children abuse and all this stuff. This to be awareness, talking about awareness again, and awareness. Exactly. So let's repeat it again with what Reb is saying. That again, when we use the word tzaddikim, because sometimes the person is a tzaddik and a talmud chacham, and sometimes it's someone that's a little weak or feels so bad for whatever reason, but they're doing it at the times of of when they shouldn't be doing it. So let's understand. We need to take that cheshbon. We need to see how much time we spend with our husband, or our wife, and our kids, and we need to make sure we're doing that mission first. That's our chiv. I say over this famous story, because I heard it from Rav Pamzatzal, but he shares it. And again, I'm not talking about the, the, the Rebbe families, but this is a story that happened. Rav Pam says that the Chafetz Chaim, the Rameya Shapiro, was in Radin. And of course, Rameya Shapiro is the Rosh Hashiva in Lublin, and he's the one that started the Dafyaimi. And he sent, like, his Gabe to the Chafetz Chaim to say, I'm in Radin, can I have the Suda by you? And he said, sure. You can come to our Shabbos Suda. Then the Gabe tells the Chavatayim, just by the way, the Minig in Lublin is like the Rosh Hashiva, or Meir Shapiro, won't, you know, can't sit at the same table with a lady. So is it okay if what they do is the woman would sit at one table and the men would sit at another? And Rav Pam said this all the time, says, and the Chafetz Chaim responded to the Gabe, very nice, saying, I will be honored to have Rameya Shapiro, the Rosh Hashiva. The only issue is, I gave my wife a ksuba, and in the ksuba, I gave the chiv to give her food and for her to be at my table. And I didn't give that to the Rosh Hashiva. So I can speak to him after. We could do everything. But the Shabbos suit I have with my wife. Now, I know there are Rabbanim and different Kehillahs. We do things differently, and that's okay. But this is the story that I heard from Rav Pam. And Rav Pam discussed it many times, the importance of Shalom Bayez and giving your wife that feeling that she is the most important person and she comes first. And that's your chiv. And I just, if we can create this awareness again, when you're helping so many men, the only time that they have time to do chesed is on Shabbos. They have time to learn on Shabbos. And that's right. 
But you need to take into cheshbon. We have our ischayvus to be with our children. Are you going to learn with the chavrusa? Are you going to learn more with your children? Are you going to spend time talking with your children at the Shabbos Suda? Are you going to bring in guests that your kids will not have the time? And you could have those people come after the Shabbos Suda. You have your Suda from 12 to 1, from 11 to 12, from 1 to 3, no problem. At 4 o'clock, instead of going to sleep, spend time with your kids. And as Rav Nissen said, you also need to know when you have people come to your house, you have people sleep over, you need to make sure that things are done the right way and safe, safety is in there. Thank you very much. Can I just add one point on that, on that, um, on that last point you just made? Yes. A quick point. So I was going to, a few years ago, I was going to have somebody for Shabbos, somebody who also likes similar, and, um, yeah. and then it, uh, uh, a relative of this person basically told me um, to be aware um, for the safety of my children, you know? Yeah, so exactly. That, so, Thank you so for it keeping very, it in a very lishna tzniyas. Very good. Beautiful. Right, right. Yeah. So that job is basically, I, so I, 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 I didn't know about it before, but if not, if he wouldn't have told me, I would have known. And I ended up sleeping in my, in my, in my children's bedroom for that job, just to, to be for, for the safety of it. But, but, you know, if it's not for this person letting me know, I would have, wouldn't have known anything. That's right. Excellent. Excellent done. Yeah. So thank, thank you, you for the awareness, much. and again, of the level of how to do a mitzvah. There is a way to do the mitzvahs. There is. And there are ways that, and there's a time to do it. And again, for all of these, I'm a big believer in contact your Rav. Thank you. Thank you so much for your, for your time. I really appreciate it. Excellent. My pleasure, and I find it a beautiful schos, and I thank Hashem every year that he allows me to do this and I daven again that Hashem should give me another year of this of this ability it's all it's all up to the Rabbi Nishleilam Amen Yes Okay we, Rav Nissen, we've okay, got a call in quite Thank a long you. time also from a very late time zone Yes Okay so we'll go to Mrs. C Mrs. C Thank you for staying up so late that's my pleasure. I wanted to thank you for your phone line. I've been listening to it for over two years now, and I've gained wow. loads from it. Um, now, I wanted to just ask you a quick question. Um, I know you mentioned a few times about relief, um, that they can... Um, that you said that they have branches all over. I mean, not yes. all over, but... All over, yeah, San Francisco's um, all over the world. Several, yeah, they have in New York, they have up in Monroe, they've got in, I can go on the website, I know they have in England, they have in Ertzestral, they have in Canada. Yeah. Right, so I was wondering if you can give me the, the number in in England, That's in London. Then or... you stay up that late, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm just going to go on their website and look it up. Okay. So, good. Did you also have a question it? besides for that? Um, actually, yes. Um, I don't really know. I mean, okay, I hope I'll be able to say it in, uh, okay, um, I've, I have a relative, like, um, basically a, a relative, uh, a boy that I know, um, he's 12, um. By the way, I can give you the number that, now, um, if you have a pen and paper. Yeah. Zero, three, three, or as you say, oh, double three. Yeah. Oh, three five zero. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, um, I'd say the main point about this boy is that he's... I'd, maybe, I mean, whatever, basically, I'd say babyish, but I I don't really know if that's, like, How the problem. How old is this boy it's, again? Just remind me. Diagnostic about it? Is a 12 years good boy? Sorry, say that again. Is a 12 years boy? Is it what a wealthy, healthy boy? What do you mean by healthy? I didn't get you. What did you mean? I said, I said it's it sounds very normal, you know. But it's uh, that, that, right. maybe the kid's that, babyish. That it's babyish, a little bit. That twelve. Takes some time to mature. And get a couple of stuff. Late right. bloomer. It's a late right. bloomer. Maybe stuff are going on at home. See, so he'll 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 get older. So let's That's try it like this. I said it's babyish, but it's like there's more to it. Okay. I don't really well, know how to explain, like exactly what. Let me ask you, what about the, you're the husband or the wife's parents? So let's say you're a sister. Let's say it's your sister's kid. Or let's say it's your first cousin's kid and you notice it. So you tried speaking to them. Then you go to their parent or to your parent. And then you let go because it's not within your power. That's the parents. You can only do so much. 
If you'd like, you can try asking the teacher or the school, but then you're going up to school saying, hi, I'm in this and this a mother or brother or sister or cousin, and I'm concerned. And maybe you can speak to the parents and tell them there are issues going on. Maybe they could be a little bit more direct. Right. Maybe they uh, need someone to be direct. Maybe you want to tell them, I am concerned for you. I just wanted to get it off my chest. It could be nothing, but it could be something. We see many kids, your kid is much more babyish, and I am worried. You can be direct. Right. Do we have a kid? I'm sorry. What's the concern? I'm quite young. I mean, I've got just a baby. Oh, sure. Okay, I'll get you. Right. I mean, I guess I might have to just try maybe once more, but basically just let go. Well, it's not that you let go, first of all. Remember about tefillah, daven. You can daven. You can mention to that person's parent, for example, saying, you know, I'm concerned about your grandchild. Uh, Maybe speak to your children. They'll go, oh, I also try, but you can't speak to them, or they're not hearing, or whatever it should be. And then you realize, okay, so there's an issue with the parents aren't ready to deal with it, and this is now their Nisayan. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you're welcome. And thank you for staying up. Thanks, Joe, and and your phone line. It, it's just amazing. And and thank you. you. It's really very popular here. I hear. Oh, I heard thank from, you. Like, loads of people that listen to it on a regular basis. It's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. What a source. What an honor. It really, really, really is to be able to do this. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Okay. I, I apologize, or I should say I'm a little, I'm sorry that I can't give you more help, but that's, these are the areas that's more out of our control, but we definitely could daven. We can influence, we can inform, even just doing our little bits of message might sink in, and someone else will say something and say, oh, this one mentioned to me, that one mentioned it to me, and then now maybe I can do something different. And Mordechai, you don't think that we are so worried of so many times worried about you know twelve years? You know, it's it's. I agree. It's, it's Let's something. allow kids to even develop at sixteen, seventeen. Yes, you have late bloomers. And, that's right. I I appreciate that so much. We always need to hear that over and over. We become so cookie cutter that it's. I was on the bus today, and there was a kid that wasn't dressed like Yeshiva Bach. I mean, he didn't have black pants and a white shirt. And had the shirts out, you know, not the shirt out, whatever, different type shirt, different type shoes, different color shoes. And I found myself judging. And I go, wow, look how I'm judging. Why can't someone just dress a little bit different and still be a great kid, a great teenager? And sure enough, this guy gets up, this teenager, this bacher, and also I see with the way he's dressed, definitely not looking like Yeshiva Bacher, but he has tits sticking out. And then the next thing I noticed was he happened to have sat, like, the seat right next to me, and he's pulling out a phone. We're not going into yes, no. And he's watching a video clip of a rub with a long white beard. He had earphones on, so I don't know what it was. It must have been a five- or seven-minute shear. And he listened to that. And I was just noticing myself how I'm being judgmental. Baruch Hashem, in a society where most of the people dress the same way, we make certain judgments. But again... There's, I find myself in this judgment. I was again thinking, wow, so we just finished the series, you made tshuva. I'm talking about tshuva. I'm talking about accepting. 
And then I right away I'm judging someone based on their clothing. I was, I, I, it was a little just, it was I started my morning with that little wake-up call. And the same is for all of us. We're judging. Allow kids to develop. Let's uh, not make everything a disorder. I would say that most of my prayer yesterday and the Yom Kippur that learn how to be Melamed Schut and everybody. You know, I'm telling yes. you, it's very, very tough. And sometimes we see a personality, you know, I, I, yeah. I dress daily and stuff like this. And people just, you own on this kind of exterior. And, That's right. You know, really, have to, we have to learn. We have to plant it in our brain to learn how to be. Look, and the favorite reason is Melamed Schut on each one. Well, shall we go to uh, Mrs. S? Okay, she is Mrs. Patient. S. Certainly. Let's go. Mrs. S, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. One second. Yes. Hello? Yes. Hi, thank you so much. Sure. Um, my question is, how can I know um, what it means to be spiritually addicted? That's a great question. What do you think that means? First, what I don't does it hear mean you. spiritually addicted? Hello? Yes, Hello? Hello, yes. I, yeah, I, I hear um, Rabbi Weimager very unclear. Yes, you'll hear an echo. Hello? Yeah. Okay, so... All the minute, one second, all the minute, all the minute, I try to fix it, okay? All the minute. Okay, okay? sure. Let me see. Okay, okay try now. Okay, hello? Yes. Yeah, I hear you much better. Okay, great. Great. So, can you explain, you said, how do you know, or how do you, let's hear the question again, and if you could explain what spiritual addiction means. So, my question is, how can I know if I'm spiritually addicted? I don't know exactly what it means. I don't know what, what means, spiritually but... addicted means. So, how could you have something if you don't know what it means? Because I, I saw it in the DBT book, that one of the addictions is spiritually addicted. DBT, yeah. dialectical behavioral therapy, doesn't give any addictions in that book. It's on one page. I'm, it says um. um what? Um, I I don't know. I'm actually going to take out the actual Marshall Linehan's book. I have it right in front of me. It's not. Um, it I'll, says I'll on one page. It says a list of things a person could be addicted to. Oh, that's something. Okay, so that's not saying it. It's giving an idea, an awareness. Yes, now I understand what you're referring to. But let's. I like shifting. Instead of me talking, how about you talking? Because I don't like using these fancy terms. What do you think spiritual addiction is, and why would you call me up and ask about specifically that? What do you think you're doing that might be too much that you're asking me that question? So... I love being spiritual. I love being like in feelings and like in this bubble of spiritual feelings. And since I I saw it, I, I I'm I'm like kind of scared to be spiritual because I don't want to become spiritually addicted. Let me ask you another question. Did you ask the therapist or whoever you saw that words from to to identify to understand it? Yeah, I actually asked her. She said. 
She said, if you're thinking about it, then I'm not worried. Okay, that's definitely a good. That's definitely a great answer. I happen to. That's definitely one of the classical answers that we give. But let's try something else. What would you say is spiritual addicted? Remember, addiction means that something is way too strong. So how about we'll thinking, take it? Mm-hmm. I was thinking that maybe things that you do that other people see, like dressing abnormally tznias or. So I'll tell you. I was I thinking a, in that I'll direction. tell you my difficulty. I, I almost never discuss spiritual diagnosis because people can misinterpret that. So here's where I feel a little bit stuck because whatever I say might be taken out of context, but isn't that right? So that's why I usually like discussing this more one-on-one. But I'd just like to give one or two examples. So spiritual addiction might be where someone, instead of working out their issues with their wife, would say, you know what, I'm just going to dive in. I'm not going to do my hishtadlis, even minimum hishtadlis. I have to go for parnosa. I'm addicted like to a level where I believe on such level to Hashem that without working, I'll have it. This person will say, you know what, I'm going to come three hours late to, to work, but at least if I dive in, then it's going to happen. What's happening is they're living at a level to a spiritual level where they are not able to function in a healthy life. Uh-huh. And what about what I like to do and, and I'm not doing it because I'm, I don't know. I don't, yeah, want, I don't to want to go. Remember this program? We don't do one-on-one. You might like the emotions, then we would identify. Is that healthy? Can you also get the emotions in other way besides for a rachnius way? It means it's wonderful to have a connection with Hashem. But at the same time, we also have to have a balance where we connect to people. It's balance that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's where a therapist comes in to help you. So everything is healthy, and almost everything isn't if it's not done with the right balance. So, so it's not only those two things you said. It, there's more things, but it has to be discussed one-on-one. That's right. And therefore, we would start analyzing what's going on in your life, and do you feel it's too much? I get it. Okay. Uh huh. Thank you so much. You're very, very, very welcome. And Haravnissen, thank you for another wonderful, wonderful program. Okay, thank you, Ramodhai. And uh, we'll take a break for the next week, right? With the Cholam Moed. Let our family family enjoy us. Yes, we should practice what so, we preach and be with yes. our family. And, and uh, Baruch Hashem, our kids come from the yeshiva and uh, a little bit time with with our kids and the grandchildren. And um, Baruch Hashem, Chazdei Hashem, I want to say to thanks everybody and thank you, Ramodachai. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said uh, a, a good kvittel, right? That's right, a good kvittel. <laughs> and let's start learning Yiddish. You are you're actually doing very good. <laughs> okay, thank you very much to all our listeners. Everyone. Amen. Yeah, and a wonderful Yantif. Thank you. Thank you, and all the best. Thank, thank you. you.